music is probably playing by now. Is that is that good? Yes. Are we live? Yes, we are live. Are we live? Right now it says we're about to go now. live. Now we're live. There we go. Yay. You know, it's it's mo it's moments like these. Moments like it's these. Moments yeah, like the these. A little song goes through my head. When the moon hits <laughs> your eye like a yes. big pizza pie. That's a boy. Hey, We've welcome. been live for 20 <laughs> seconds. Uh, welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams. I pastor a church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is called Calvary 316. We're located just outside of Athens. As I just mentioned, I'm already thrown off. I'm thrown off because if you've been watching the show for any period of time, Creighton, who is my sidekick, so a couple episodes back, and I say a couple, like several, we did a whole thing, and Creighton kind of announced to the world that you were going to be uh, doing a 23andMe, correct? Yep. Okay. you gotta, <laughs> you got to put yourself on the screen periodically here. So there was a 23andMe. I'm me. Creighton. I'm the thrown off, and... so we got to get this out of the way before we can... Any, so you have gotten... <clears throat> I didn't bring this up, by the you way. You did? No, 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 no. I did not bring this up Sunday morning. I walk into church. We're getting everything set up. Uh, we're about to start worship practice. I play bass. And Creighton happens to stop everything and says, hey, I have really bad news. Now, I'm thinking, bad news? Like, what in the world kind of bad news could this be? And you proceeded to tell me what, which was not bad news at all. But you told me what, Creighton? You interrupted the whole flow of the morning, and where did we go? Okay, so for the record, when he says the whole flow of the morning, the only people at the church were me, uh, Justin, Derek, Derek's mom, and Zach. So it's not like we <laughs> were in the middle of worship of the practice. <laughs> it also, was the flow of the morning. Also, for the people wondering, the reason why I volunteer this information is because if one of the wonderful men in this room who I had already told about this were to tell it to Zach... The ramifications would be worse for me. So I just got out ahead of it. It's basically like a PR nightmare. And if you don't get out ahead of it, you're going to be in trouble, right? Man, you're setting this up so, in, a, in a crazy way, Craig. Well, so I did the I did the 23 You did 23 and me, and, me and what what was the result? It turns out that I am 40% European, <laughs> which was uh, not what I was desiring. Why? And that What's wrong with that? 23% of that is Italian, of all things. Fourth runner-up in World War II. Um, which is just, it, it's, just, it's fine. It's fine. It's just not exactly what I was hoping for. But you're predominantly, so, so you have, you're like 40 some odd percent European Yep. of that half of it's Italian. Yep. And then like, you have like a little Egyptian, which is hysterical for a whole nother reason. <laughs> and then you have like some other West African countries, correct? Yeah, I uh, well, while talking to my mom and whatnot. What I is your predominant it, ethnicity in order? In okay, hold on. Are you predominantly hold on, Italian? Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, I am not. I am predominantly African. It's just that wait, African wait, 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 is split what up country? into. Uh, so I'm. It's Nigerian and what are the shoot, I don't remember Ghanaian maybe. But what are the percentages? I'm like sixteen point nine percent Nigerian, like so, 16. so you're more Italian 9, than Nigerian. Like sixteen point nine percent Ghanaian. So and you're more Italian than Ghanaian. I have another twenty or thirty percent in Africa. But and random stuff. I have twenty three percent that is just Italian. So your so, strongest your strongest attribute in individual my strongest individual nationality. Is unfortunately Italian. Mamma mia, <laughs> mamma mia! 
I hate you. <laughs> now I know why you're you constantly t- are always talking with your hands. I am always talking with my hands. Also, and you smell um, like garlic. I, what? That's because of the I vampires. I don't know. I just threw yeah. that out. What? There. <laughs> the garlic's because of the vampires. Yeah. Also, <laughs> um, just in case anyone has noticed, I think we're having some technical. I think our internet's being slow, either us or Vimeo. So if you're noticing that, I apologize. Um, I know that it's interrupting a very important part of your spiritual week. <laughs> right. right. Um, this is nothing to do with anything. Justin, you did have you did have an interesting theory. Now that we know, so we're coming off the Christmas season. Now that we know that Creighton is pretty much Roman, <laughs> um, you have a you have a theory about like this explains some things, right? Just, yeah, since uh, Creighton made it very clear that he hated baby Jesus in Christmas, <laughs> uh, it only makes sense now that that he's gotten his dna results back that's true that's true it was it was your kind <laughs> oh man hey, whoa oh, whoa hey, now yo, whoa now we want to stay on the internet man oh uh, well creighton you're the yeah. worst well i mean we had to get that out of the way i mean that was that was we right. had to. what would our dozens of yeah. followers do if they didn't know my genetic makeup <laughs> oh yeah. they they wanted to know they they, we all wanted to know. If it makes you feel better, I, when I did 23andMe, I was expecting some really cool stuff, and, and it just turned out I'm the whitest guy I know. <laughs> that does. It does make me feel better. It does. Okay. Yeah. That's actually, um, I mean, yeah, I found out that I'm Italian I'm going to do mine things. if I come back for like 40% Ethiopian, but 60% oh Irish. Bro, have you <laughs> seen you? Yeah. I get tan. I have get you seen burn. you? For the record. For <laughs> have the record, you seen you? He would have to be, if he was 40% African, he would have to be 60% albino. Hey, what up, clock? Creighton, did anyone, did anyone, did at any time, in your wildest imagination, going into this, would you have been like, yeah, I'm, I'm 20% Italian? No. no, no. Of course, I would not have. Of no. course, I would not have. No. Did, did it tell you what pope you're related to? The most? what pope? <laughs> pope Vaughn the thirtieth. Uh, I think it would be Pope Chaste the thirtieth. Actually. Oh, I see what you did Get there. It? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, although, although Roman Catholic pun. All right. Hey, we're gonna start the whole. Ep- we got that out of the way. We're gonna start the whole episode <laughs> over. So, all right. Three, two, one. Hey, welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams. I pastor a church just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is called Calvary 316. If you're local, come check us out. Uh, 1030 Sunday mornings if you're not local but wanting to check out a church online. Our live stream is available on Facebook as well as YouTube. Easiest way to find it is calvary316.live. I am joined in studio, as always, by the man that needs no introduction, Dick Dastardly, a.k.a. Pope Vaughn III. <laughs> Hello, my name is Creighton, and I'll be having to talk to the Don about Zach's behavior later. <laughs> Pope Creighton Vaughn III. I like it. It's got a ring to it. Also, if you're new to the show, I'm joined in studio by guys you've already seen, but uh, working from right to left, we're joined by Mr. Nicholas Monty. It's me. Nick, okay. and then we're also joined by Dill Daddy Derek. Yo, what up, what up? Hey, man, you're rocking. I mean, I think that's the second week in a row you've worn the dude, same absolutely. Probably we shirt. skipped, what did we skip last week? Proud. So, dude, Proud. Way, no, it bro, works. It's 80 degrees out here. What else would I be wearing? Man, we need, uh, no, I've come to the conclusion that God is, Maybe. you know, God is very sovereign. But you know the one thing that God has no clue about? The weather in Georgia. That's what mm-hmm. I've reached that conclusion that not even no. God knows the weather. I think he spins a dreidel and he's like, yo, is it going to 30, 80, 30, 80? Because it's Jewish. Like oh, Jesus. you know, like we're, yeah, <laughs> right. Jesus, <laughs> we're working it. Yeah. Also joined in studio uh, by 
Uh, Spice Daddy, Justin Holcomb, how are you? Buongiorno. Buongiorno. <laughs> um, and Dominic then, De Coco. <laughs> and then Kyle couldn't be with us tonight because he forgot it was Wednesday. You know, President's Day threw him for a loop. So we are joined by the older version of Kyle, his dad, uh, hello, Mr. Hello. Larry Parkin. Welcome. See, so you're rocking your Calvary 316 shirt. That's nice. Yep. So you are kind of the resident fill-in, which is, you got to call at like 6.30, said, hey, you want to be on Outlaw Radio? And you're like, let me take a shower. I'll be there. Yeah, I had to wash my shirt. And here I am. <laughs> here you are. You, you wait, know, you add, wait you, hold on. Hold on. Who washed your shirt exactly? Because you said I had to wash your, my shirt. And I just, was, I find that hard to believe. It was in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, well, we'll continue on. So before Creighton, so the way the show works if you, again, once again, if you're new, I have no idea what tonight's topic is. These guys have no idea. The only person that knows the topic is Creighton. Creighton introduces a topic, and then it's my job, along with these guys, their aid, to turn that into a Bible study or an edifying conversation related to the things of the Lord. So that's kind of the, the blueprint of the show. What's cool is not only is it conversational, but it's interactive. So it's a podcast that gets released on Thursday, uh, but we record, we live stream the recording of the podcast, which is what you're watching uh, on YouTube as well as <clears throat> Facebook. If you're listening to the podcast, check out the live stream, 8 o'clock Wednesday nights, uh, outlawradio.live, which is our YouTube channel, or facebook.com slash the radio outlaw, easiest way to find us. Um, so that's kind of the blueprint interactive here in the studio, uh, but it also enables kind of this format uh, for us to interact with you, the audience. And so, uh, Creighton, very quickly let people know um, if, they're, if they happen to be watching or listening, how they can interact in time with what we're talking about. So if you're watching live with us on either YouTube or Facebook, you will see a little comment section to the right of your video. Um, you can type in there, and I am monitoring those comment sections. So like uh, Jennifer and Miss Ann, who have both said good evening to us, we can respond and say good evening, Jennifer. Absolutely. Good evening, hello. Absolutely. Hello. And so if you have questions, comments, or just are generally opposed to the way that Zach handles the openings of the show, <laughs> you can let us know in the comments. No, 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 no. Um, we don't, want, we don't need any of that. <laughs> None of that. And the other way would be to email did me you just specifically. Whack me? I did. I just I just threw you up because I thought no, you were no, going to say you whack me. Not yet. Like the mafia. Um, did you you wouldn't you wouldn't know. Oh, that's true. I wouldn't see it. Can I go into the garage? Right. You'd, you'd get, be dead. Get, yeah, get anyway. shot in the back of the head. The other way is to email me directly. That was Creighton Vaughn reference at gmail.com. That's Creighton Vaughn at gmail.com. Um, if you have questions, comments, concerns, once again. Uh, just general opposition to the way that Zach handles himself in public. Um, also, it's not active yet, but you can also reach out to Creighton at Pope Vaughn at outlawradio.org. That has to be created. Okay, you can't dangle that in front of me and then not give it to me. I no, we'll that. have to do that. that. That'll have to be set yeah. up. Like, like the handle, you know, like Rush Limbaugh had Bo Snerdly, you know. You you're said gonna be, like I know that. You're going to be Pope Vaughn. I'm cool with that. Pope Vaughn the fourth or something. We're gonna come up with a good a good email address for Creighton. I like Pope Vaughn the first because then I can just name all of my kids. They can all just be Pope Vaughn the whatever you know what? is done. Over. That yeah. I, I you know, we've reached an accord. I will have a dynasty in a single we've generation. We've reached an accord. God wills it. God, God wills it. it. God wills it. God wills it. Larry is immediately regretting the decision he made with his evening. Like Larry's sitting there thinking. I could be at home doing nothing. And instead, I'm sitting over here doing nothing. Oh, he'd be at home watching this. Now he's a part of it. Oh, see, there you go. We got to get the hat, though. All right. No, mm -hmm. you know what, Larry? Larry's here. This is actually 
Interestingly enough, oh, right. didn't even think about this. This is this, oh. <laughs> this is the perfect night for Larry to be on the Outlaw Radio Show. So, Larry, you are. You can go ahead, Creighton. You can put the camera on, Larry. While you continue talking, I'm saying this. Yes. Okay. No, because because it's Hot important seat. to get his reaction yeah. okay. to what I'm about to say. Oh Lord. Um, so <laughs> so what so makes cute. this what makes this the perfect night for you to be here is that you have for years. Years as an elder of Calvary 316, you have been pushing, pushing us to do the Stations of the Cross. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> now, tonight happens to be an important night in Catholicism. It's Ash Wednesday. It is Ash Wednesday. It is what that is the beginning of a season called Lent. Lent. So it's Lent. Now, I, I bring you up. Because you uh, come out of Catholicism. You grew up Catholic, correct? Correct. So can you explain kind of to the audience, before we get to the topic tonight, before Creighton gets to it, it is Ash Wednesday, so I think we should talk a little bit about Lent and, the, you know, Ash Wednesday. And I'm going to kind of put my own take on it. But can you kind of give like a bit of a background of what this is about, what Ash Wednesday is about, what the, the season of Lent is? Um, as someone that comes out of Catholicism, I, I'm a Protestant. But can you kind of give a little bit of a of an? Can well, you define it? When I was a, a practicing Catholic, um, I was very young, and uh, Lent basically meant that you had to give up something. And uh, I usually gave up watermelon because it's out of season. <laughs> right, right, it's out of season because you were in Minnesota or yeah, Indiana or something up, up in up in the cold north and. Uh, <laughs> There wasn't watermelon, so it was so even to... even at a young age, you were figuring out your workaround. Correct, correct. So Lent, you had to give up something. Why did you have to give up something for Lent? Um, because that's what Catholics do. <laughs> okay, solid answer. That's kind of like Protestants say, "Well, the Bible told me so." You know? <laughs> well, that's what Catholics do. But I mean, seriously, like, like, what's the whole idea of of? Because okay, so I was I didn't even know what it was. Well, I didn't know that this was the season. I was reminded. I got thrown off like everybody. Man, you get the random holiday on a Monday. I went to the bank on Monday to make the church deposit. I, I got I pulled into the parking lot, got out of my truck, went to the front door, tried to open it, didn't open. Tried the other handle, didn't open. <laughs> before I realized, because of the sign right in front of me, it's President's Day, that, oh, the, the entire parking lot is empty, and my kids are home from school. Like, it throws <laughs> off your entire week. But I was listening to sports radio, and a group of hedonists, you know, are talking about on top sports radio in Atlanta, you know, Lent and what they're going to give up. And it was funny. They made a joke. They're like, Catholics really messed this up. They told us we should give something up. And then in the middle of it, we have St. Patrick's Day. You know, so it's like, <laughs> give up alcohol. And then they put St. Patrick's Day right in the middle of it. So I'd totally forgotten about it. But, like, it was interesting to hear, again, guys that are not, I mean, when was the last time they went to Mass? Who knows? But they're talking about giving up things for Lent. It's like, where does that originate? Like, where, where does that whole idea come from? Well, it's, it's uh, preparation for, for Easter. And it's, uh, it, it's a way to, um, I guess, in a legalistic kind of sense, it's, it's a way to um, prepare yourself um, for the celebration of the resurrection. So it's, it's, it's like a purging process. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's probably pretty similar to, uh, um, you know, to 
through the the Jewish some of the Jewish feasts and that it's a uh, um, more ceremonial, um, but it's um, I mean there's a, there's a whole process to Lent. There's um, uh, you don't eat meat on Fridays. There's uh, there, there's a lot of legalism in it, um, but it's also traditional, and it's um, I, I mean there, there's, there's there's some cult- neatness to that. There's a cultural thing too, I think probably. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't it come from the forty days and that Jesus was? Tempted? That's the that's the yeah. origins of it. Yeah, which is interesting to me that the forty days and forty nights that Jesus fasted, which is where they get the precedent for the forty days. So the time frame, and again, there's some variations from Roman Catholicism to Greek Orthodox to the way that even certain Protestants handle the particular season. But it all concludes leading up to the resurrection of Jesus. Um, the 40 days leading up to the resurrection of Jesus, Easter. Um, and they base 40 days off of Jesus's 40 days and 40 nights of fasting. So we should fast. I was talking to Creighton earlier today about this, and it was like, did I miss something? Like, did Jesus fast for 40 days leading up to it? And the answer is obviously no. Like, Jesus began his earthly ministry with a 40-day fast. The temptation wilderness, Matthew chapter 4. I don't know where, where all that gets connected, but the idea, like, we're preparing ourselves for the, the week of passion. And in preparation, we're going to abstain from certain things to make ourselves ready to receive what God wants. I mean, that's kind of the idea. And then Ash Wednesday, which starts it, you know, and, and, and again, you'll see people, um, you know, putting the ashes, you know, and a cross on their forehead. You know, the origins of that or, or I mean, even from your background, you do that as a kid? Oh, yeah. We, yeah. Ash Wednesday, you go to church and you and you get the ashes on your forehead what was the whole point of that um i think it's it's more um uh to to remind you that you're that you're mortal and that ashes uh, to ashes dust to dust kind of an idea and that without without jesus um you know death is is uh is a real separation and it's eternal um so it's a reminder of of that and then as the season progresses the it it ends with that final week. It, it ends with um, Palm Sunday, uh, and then you go into um, you know the week of the of Passion, and then uh, Good Friday, and then Easter Sunday. Derek, Nick, did either of you guys growing up did you ever participate in Lent? Hey, or? no, brother. I mean, no. like the, hey, no, the brother. Like idea the... of. Now, you so, fasted. You did a fast, yeah, right? Like, I mean, the idea of a fast, like, yes, like it would be a practical thing. Like, hey, is there something that may be getting in the way of you and the Lord's relationship that you may need to put to the side and just focus on your relationship with the Lord? Like that kind of thing. So it wasn't like a more like a Lent thing, but it was like, hey, what's something in your life that you need to set aside to get closer to God? It wasn't really necessarily like that, though. See, I fasted from not attending church in January. Mm. Like, I was there every Sunday. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I nailed sure it. those super intentional. I nailed it. Yeah. Like, I felt very holy about yeah, it. Yeah, and February. In February. I, I nailed fe- Man, I'm, yeah. I'm an overachiever. Yeah. Now, I bring up, so, again, we're, we're, we're in the season of Lent. It's Ash Wednesday. Um, again, I'm not trying to, like, and I think Larry's right. There's a whole lot of cultural... Uh, angles to it all. There's a, there's a whole cultural aspect to it, um, and, and that's that's fine. I mean that that's I mean uh, there there is a cultural heritage to certain things, and 
And it tethers us to the past. I think tethering to the past is not a bad thing. Um, and, and, you know, and it's actually interesting. Yeah, Justin's over there like, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> you know, the Italians are really, Creighton, I don't know if you know this, the Italians are really Roman Catholic. I have heard that, yeah. Strong Roman Catholics, <laughs> those Italians. They have at least GTO, one big GTO, church around baby. there. One big church. But, you know, here's the, here's the thing. And, and even Ash Wednesday, I've kind of began, like, I have problems with, with Lent, and I'm going to get to that in a second. You know, Ash Wednesday, I don't actually have a lot of a problem with Ash Wednesday. The idea of putting putting the ashes on your forehead. Because, and again, this is my own interpretation of it, um, which has some some orientation to it. But, like, if, if you're putting the ashes on your forehead of, like, hey, I want to recognize in this particular season leading up to what will include Palm Sunday, Monday, Thursday, the Passover Friday, good you know, Good Friday, and then... Easter, Resurrection Sunday. <clears throat> in the process of this, I want to, um, like, I want to begin this season by recognizing the ashes to ashes, the sacrifice of Christ. Like, I want to put that in the forefront of my mind, the sacrifice of Jesus. I want to set a season to consider the implications of that. And, and to even, I can even go so far as to say, like, I want to consider what sacrifices I should make in light of the sacrifice Jesus made. I think that's completely gospel-centered. Because, again, the idea of grace is I'm not compulsed to do anything. Why do I do certain things? As, as a response, a reaction to all that God's done for me. Like, that's the difference between legalism is I'm trying to earn God's favor. Grace is I'm responding to God's favor. Sometimes it's the same action but a different motivation. That's what distinguishes the two. So I might lay aside something. If I'm doing it to earn God's favor, that's legalism. And, and God abhors that. Your righteous acts are as dirty rags. But if it's a reaction, like, man, oh, you know, for all that God has done for me, you know what? Like, there's this thing in my life that's kind of been a, been a thing. And, like, I need to place this back into context. So I'm going to abstain from something as a reaction to God's grace. You know what? And I'm not saying that that's how most people view Ash Wednesday and Lent and whatnot. They probably don't. But for me, it's like I can I can rationalize that and appreciate it. I don't participate in it. I'm not putting ashes on my forehead um, because Jesus is not dead. He's alive. <laughs> and for me, it's the motivation of his him being alive. That's that's more compelling to his death. Like Jesus's death is not super compelling. It, I appreciate it. It's his resurrection that's compelling because I get death. I'm excited about life. Yeah. That makes sense what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. And yeah. even when you're called to fast, like it says, like, put oil on your head. Like, don't me- don't make it that known that anyone would know that you're fasting. Like, it or should mourning, be between make a celebration. Make a celebration. Yeah. Like, it, it should be specifically between you and the Lord. Like, don't go, like, even in, with the fact of, like, putting it on your head. Okay, like, oh, that outwardly tells people that you're going through this thing. And it is Ash Wednesday in that aspect, right. too. So, like, okay, the fast should be between the Lord specifically. No one else should know about it. I, I saw, uh, I think the guy that, uh, Seth Dillon, the guy that owns Babylon B, uh, said they had a, an article this today that was like, they, they took a passage of Scripture and they retranslated it where Jesus is saying in response to my death, put ashes on your head and go and take an Instagram and put, <laughs> you know, post out your righteousness uh, on the Internet, which I thought was funny because you see that you, you see a lot. Well, of that. I think like for me, I'd never celebrated it because I grew up in a church that didn't. A Protestant. A You're Protestant a Protestant. Yeah. yeah. But when I moved to China, which we were technically a non-denominational church, 
we started celebrating because we had so many people coming from different backgrounds as foreigners in a foreign land. I mean, we had people from all over the world. You know, we did some, we did the Ash Wednesday thing. And what was really cool about it, though, is you're around a bunch of communists or, or people that don't have exposure to Christianity. So they would see the Ash cross on your head and they would ask questions about it. Mm. And so from that context, it was a really that's interesting. cool segue into being like, we're celebrating the death of Jesus. That's interesting. So mm. and and there's an evangelistic there. element. Right. And, and I don't know if that necessarily working everywhere in the U.S., but say here in the South where, you know, Catholicism isn't a huge thing, you know, you, you see somebody with ash cross on their face, you know, they're, they're either just got Playing out of jail or... or <laughs> you know, it's like people. Or they recently questions. had a twenty-three me, and they found out they're Italian. Right. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, well, um, that's flower. You Not understand ash. what that's I'm saying? Flower. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. So okay, so Lent again. The, the 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 customary part of Lent that that I don't like is, man, it it if you're making sacrifices to prepare yourself to receive something from God that is so legalistic and religiosity and empty and frail and non gospel, please reject it. Like what God gives you is free. It's not tethered to anything you do to earn it, deserve it, merit it, warrant it. It's free. It's a free gift. Amen. And so like that, the whole idea of, well, I want to get the most out of what Jesus did for me. So I'm going to do something to sacrifice for him is so like when Paul says when Paul compares like the anti-gospel to like the twisting of circumcision and he's like you should you should circumcise yourself um that it's it's legalistic it's it's off just I feel that way like I feel that strongly about it like if you're doing lent to try to earn some favor from God or to get the most out of something from God like that is so backwards and twisted Please read the book of Galatians, you know? So so we'll leave that there. I'll just say, read the book of Galatians. Now, what what if it's more like, you know, you know you're going to the buffet like tomorrow, so you stop eating today so you can eat at the more buffet tomorrow. and enjoy it? Is that... I don't know where you're going with that, but have you ever done that and just still not enjoyed the buffet, Justin? No. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's my point. It's like, yeah, you're going to enjoy the buffet. If you like to eat, I can be really hungry going to eat, or I can just... Go and eat. I'm going to enjoy it. Not eating the day before shrinks your stomach. So the next day, very you try to eat a bunch, see, you get I was, sick. I was Whoa, younger. man. I was younger back then and didn't really understand science. So. Yeah. That took a turn. I was, I, even I was not expecting. Creighton, did you see that one coming? Nope. Pope Vaughn, the first? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I've, I mean, I grew up in a Protestant church. I didn't know that, like, liturgy, liturgy, I don't know what the word for that is. Liturgical stuff existed until I was in 11th, 12th grade. Didn't know people celebrated Lent. Didn't know that any of this stuff was until way later than I feel like I should have known about it. Yeah, so I a agree. Lot of this, That's the same I just, with me. I just yeah. don't, I don't have any real context, context yeah, yeah. or anything to offer other than Catholics are going to Catholic. Yeah. Like that's, I don't know. I Romans like are going to Roman. You know? I had like huh. one buddy in high school, like in 11th or 12th grade, did the same thing, like showed up with the mm-hmm. Ash Wednesday. And then that's when I learned about Ash Wednesday and kind of 
learned about it from there further on. So and yeah, I remember thinking always, like, what do you guys like? What do you mean? What are you yeah. talking about? This is not a thing. What do you mean? What are you doing? Like you're abstaining. But right. well, the thing specifically that he said that he was abstaining from. I'm like, okay, well, that's a sin anyway. What are you talking right. about? <laughs> so, I'm abstaining yeah. from sleeping with my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. But I totally plan to get back <laughs> yeah. to that at yeah. the end of Lent. I'm abstaining from pornography. I'm like, okay, what? Great. <laughs> Jesus is so proud of me. <laughs> yeah. So Creighton, what's our topic tonight? Okay, so. Um, Tonight, we are going to be talking about something that I know almost nothing about. Because uh, if That's you've been watching... a great watching, start. Yes. Like so being Italian. I know almost nothing about it. Right, exactly. yeah. So if you've been watching and listening for any length of time, you know that I tend to be very unaware of what's going on in the general world around me. Uh, because I just, uh, you know... That being said, there <laughs> is that a That was thing. your answer to your own th- you know, I mean, You know, because... Um, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, I mean, it's a... You gave no explanation. For yeah, that. they have a, they have a, they have a, you know, they're right. I should know more about what's going on, but I don't. So, eh. that being said, there is a thing going on in a place called a- Asbury, something yeah. like that. Ash- Ashbury. I want to say Ashbury, Asbury. but it doesn't have the H. Ashbury. Yes. Yeah, so Asbury, um, that I know almost nothing about, um, but my buddy Justin is very interested. In, so the question will be his today, and I'm going to switch the camera over to him. Uh, before you switch the camera directly okay. to Justin, let's go to Nick, because you just dropped like you you made it a social reference, something going on. I want to know if Nick knows anything about this before Justin says something. Nick's a good gauge of like <laughs> how prevalent is this or how narrow is it, uh, like that much about it. Okay, so what do you know about it before we get to Justin? Uh, that there's been a like a revival going on for like two weeks. Ashbury. And what Ashbury. is Ashbury? Uh, a college, I think. Okay, okay, I happen to know. So, okay, so it's a college. What else do you know about it? Nothing. Okay, that's right. interesting <laughs> to me. So we have two people that know very little about this. So we're now we're going to go to Justin. So, I guess the topic is not really necessarily focused on Asbury College, which is in Kentucky, um, a little small town. I forget the name of the. The city, but uh, anyway, I just thought I, it, I thought, thought it North was Carolina. I thought it was kind of with the new <laughs> Jesus Revolution movie coming out, which is about the Jesus movement. If you've never heard of that, about the the hippies back in the was the late sixties, early seventies, getting saved, um, and then you know you you see all these revivals happening uh, in previous times, and then this Asbury College thing, which is been going on i don't know if it's still going on or not i I think it is but it's expanded to other colleges i guess my main question is what is what is a revival is it something that starts sporadically or is it something that can be started uh as in the case of it seems like asbury college which is from what all intents and purposes of what i've read has been they've been trying to start a revival uh I guess this is a multi-part question if you haven't uh, guessed. Uh, so what is a call? <laughs> I picked up on that. Yeah. What, what is a revival? <laughs> Can it be started? Is it something that just happens by a move of the spirit? Or is this something that that is biblical? I, you know what I mean? Like what? Okay. I guess yeah. the, the, the main question that sums it up is what is a revival? And is it something that we should try to force or look? Or, or 
you know. No, what no, I, mean? I get you. And, yeah. and then I think the second part of that question is, is is how should we view what's happening in Ashbury? Right, right. You know, uh, like, like how does it differ from say the Jesus movement or the Great Awakening, or, or and, and things like that. The 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 previous ones where we can sit back and look and say, yes, this was a revival, and and I know it. it in my opinion, it's too early to say if this Asbury College thing mm-hmm. is a revival or not. But does it have the signs? I have some thoughts. I think this so. is a great question. I have some thoughts, and I appreciate the opportunity uh, to share about it. Um, I, I will say, if we could go ahead and maybe on the thread, let people know this is what we're talking about. If you guys might want to drop, hey, we're talking about the Asbury Revival. Um, just let some people know so maybe they can jump on the thread if they're interested. Because this, this is a very... Again, you know, early days of Outlaw Radio, we, we always branded it. You know, this was a show that talked about relevant, relevant things in a relevant Christian way, and and this is this is great because this is this is at the kind of the forefront. You know, it's interesting to me how how big this is outside of Twitter and whatnot. Fascinating. There's been two different segments last week on Tucker Carlson, one of the biggest, the biggest uh, news network news show on the planet about what's happening and there's been multiple news stories about it and it's been bigger than just twitter it, it, or facebook social media it has it has entered mainstream news i don't know outside of fox if cnn msnbc any of the, the abc nbc cbs if, if anybody else has covered it but it is a thing it is spread around in fact i actually saw um garnered enough attention that earlier this week david guzik uh put out an 18 minute video on his YouTube channel um, about how should we address the Ashbury revival? Uh, he spoke to it pretty extensively. Um, let, let me define a few terms here to start with, because I think, I think that's a good starting point. So Creighton, you don't know about any of this at all, right? So I know uh, the very surface level, I've seen some videos of stuff happening there um, because obviously Justin and I talked about it. So I, I boned up a little bit, the, today while I was working. So um, you farmed out dropping the topic to Justin. No, no, I, I, I no, approached no, no. him. I said, hey, I sent him an article on it when it first started like okay. two weeks ago. Yeah. I said, hey, take a look at this. And then I was like, with And the, you and I follow the same news sources, right, so right, we were right. right there. And so I was like, with the Jesus Revolution movie coming out, which was today, which kind of falls... The, the, the which we'll talk news, about. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. include that. And, and, and then now this happening... Uh, it, for me, as a as a former English teacher, when I hear revival, that means bringing something that was dead to life, mm-hmm. and, and and does that? In, I guess the part of the question is: is this only a church thing, or is this for unbelievers? Perfect, too, kind of perfect thing? segue. So, so where I would disagree with even just the way that you assess that, bringing something that's dead to life is not reviving. That's not revival. Bringing something that is dead to life. It's called resurrection. Mm-hmm. It's not revivification. Um, like, for example, um, Jesus r- raised someone from the dead three times. The widow's son at Nain, Jairus' daughter, and Lazarus. Technically speaking, they weren't resurrections. They were revivifications because they died again. So they were in some type of weird limbo. Jesus was the we're told the firstborn of the resurrection because Jesus was dead dead and then he was he was resurrected not revived and and I'm not trying to like play semantics but I think this will make sense in, in a minute like revival is I think 
from a very historical standpoint, a very different thing than what we would call a, an awakening. Now, both, both, are, both are driven by the Holy Spirit. And, and if, if I don't circle back to that, make sure I do. But all of this is driven by the Holy Spirit. Neither of them can be uh, contrived. Neither of them are man-made. They're all Holy Spirit movements of God. But I think there is a fundamental difference between a great awakening historically and a revival. And, and here's the difference. You mentioned the Jesus Revolution movie. So if, if you're not aware, the Jesus Revolution movie is, is a movie that's produced by some guys that are very good at movie making. What are some of the other movies they did? Uh, I can only imagine there was another football movie they did. Very, very, very Wood, good filmmakers. Woodlawn, I think is what it's called. And they partnered with Greg Laurie, um, who's uh, Harvest, who came out of the Calvary Chapel movement. Um, and so they made what's called the Jesus Revolution. This is the story of Calvary Chapel, Pastor Chuck Smith. It's kind of taken from the from the perspective of Greg Laurie and his wife Kathy. Um, very well done. I haven't seen it. Full disclosure, my dad has, and he and he speaks highly. In, in fact, his church has rented out a theater uh, for the for the showing of it uh, this coming Sunday uh, at Calvary three sixteen. We're going to take a group and go see it as well. Uh, but it's the story of what happened in the late sixties seventies that's known as the Jesus Movement. And it's known that from a cultural standpoint, like the Time Magazine did an article. It was well known historically um, as the Jesus Movement. It was a moving of God. So, so you had a culture. It was the hippie culture. So you had a whole generation of people that were disillusioned with, with culture, with life, with society, with, with where things were going. This was tied into the anti-war movement of Vietnam. You had the hippies. And they were like with all this strife and conflict and like, and they were coming out of like the fifties. So you had the leave it to beaver uh, movement, you know, that, that, that perspective of the fifties, the Holy generation, traditional Americanism. But if you've watched Mad Men and I'm, I'm, I'm being sporadic, but if you, if you watch the show Mad Men, it, it covers the fifties and it produces into the sixties. And it shows how so much of like traditional Christian America was a facade. Like you had, it was, it was, yeah, we go to church on Sunday, but it was Sunday Christianity. And what was yielded out of that generation that came out of World War II that had this root in traditionalism and, and fundamental Americanism, Americana, tr Christianity, et cetera, was a generation of kids that were like, I don't know what, what reality is. And you had LSD, you had the hippies, you had... Uh, drug use, the sexual revolution. You had a whole generation that saw their parents spoke one thing but acted a different way. It's total hypocrisy. They're like, we don't want anything to do with religion. And so they totally rebelled. You know, peace, love, it, and, and, and you know, anti-war. It was a whole movement. And it was nationwide. But in the midst of all of that, there was this, within that generation a dissatisfaction of what they were discovering. Like hedonism isn't yielding. Free love isn't yielding. I still like I've adopted Solomon. I'm searching for life and in, in meaning under the sun and I'm still empty vanity of vanities. And then there's this guy in the middle of it. And again, it was a movement of God. It was a movement of the Holy spirit. 45 years old. Pastor Chuck had pastored a four square denominational church for years, had quit, was a roofer. And was asked to teach this little Bible study. It was called Calvary Chapel. 
and Lonnie Frisbee came in and, and, and they embraced the hippies and they were like, you can worship like you want, but he taught God's word. And there was what we would literally call, I wouldn't call that a revival. It was a great awakening. Why? What's the difference? Because it was a whole bunch of unbelievers that were awakening to a new reality of God's grace and his love and the moving of the spirit. It was an awakening. I don't call the Jesus movement a revival. Okay, what's the difference? A revival is something that's alive, however little it might be alive. And it gets revived. Like, it exists. But there's a fresh movement, a breath into it that revives it to maybe what it happened to be. Um, from dormant to flourishing. From dormant to flourishing. The Jesus movement was, was dead to alive. Now, you could say that, that there was a revival in the heart of Pastor Chuck. I could go with that. And maybe some of the Christians that were a part of early Calvary Chapel that are now trying to figure out how to deal with the, the hippies, right? Maybe there was a revival in their hearts where they returned back to something that's true. But culturally speaking, in a historical standpoint, what that was was not revival, I think in its definition, but a, an awakening. Culturally, there was an awakening. We see this historically, Jonathan Edwards. There's several great awakenings in the late 1600s, 1700s, 1800s. In America, in England, Wilberforce and the abolishment of, of, of slavery happened as a result. But th this is where, like, culturally, there's massive changes where bars are shut down. Why? Because people have gotten saved. It's unbelievers awakening to the reality of God, not Christians awakening to what they should have been all along. Does that make sense, Justin? Because this was kind of your question, like yep. the differentiation. Yep. Yeah. So, okay, in its context of what's happening in Ashbury, um, I, don't, I don't think, and again, this is very early. So, okay, an, an early problem I have with it is, is really all I know about what's, what's going on is, is given to me in two sources. Social media and the news driven by social media. And what I have learned over the last several years is that all of, that's, all of that can be manipulated. So much of that is not based... Can, it can be a reflection of reality and it can as equally not be a reflection of reality and it can be used to manufacture a reality that doesn't exist. That That's an initial kind of Yeah, kind I of just keep hearing that word revival being thrown around. And being from the South, you know, you always have the Big revival. Ten revi revival. Yeah. Big revival. Big Ten, re Big Ten <laughs> Revival. Great band, by the way. Uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> you, you just see that word being thrown around all the time. And, and, and for me, it, it's hard to differentiate between... What what is a revival supposed to be? Now I can I can I can say yeah. I can say and, and that's where that's where using the word revival for me with what's happening in Ashbury, I, I'm 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 okay with. Now if people were throwing around awakening, well I like and, and I've and I've been hesitant to see the comparisons to the Jesus Revolution. Because I think the Jesus Revolution was not a revival but awakening. I think that's a thing. Like, if we're placing this in historical context, um, I saw a very mild revival. And I think this is a good segue. So, years ago, I got invited um, to go down to a, a conference in Fort Lauderdale. 
at a major, it was a big time um, institutional church, Coral Ridge Presbyterian, massive Presbyterian church, was pastored for years by Dr. Kennedy, who was a solid guy, but I mean, it was as institutional Christianity as you could get. Huge cathedral, big campus, massive pipe organ, the whole works. Um, I got to go down because the pastor that had taken it over, and I'm not going to mention his name. I actually did an interview, two-part interview with him early in the days of Outlaw Radio. That is um, still on podcast. That is still on the podcast. Um, he took over, he was Billy Graham's grandson. He took over that church. And there was this like really interesting thing that was happening where you had these, uh, these very mainline hardcore institutional dominations that were having this like, a revival about grace. They, they were experiencing grace for the first time. And when I say, like, we're talking about Presbyterian, Anglican, Lutheran, and they had they had this conference. I think it only lasted a few years because some things happened. I went down, was invited to go down, check it out. And again, these are hardline, what we would call kind of dead, dying denominations. And they're discovering grace for the first time. Paul Zoll was, was involved with it. Um, J.D. Greer who is Southern Baptist was, was, was there speaking at it. And it was interesting to just watch this movement. Like there was this stirring, I would call it a reviving. I went to the pastor's um, luncheon and a guy named Paul Brown, who's like, if you could be a six point Calvinist would be it. This old guy. And he talked about the only awakening he has ever seen was the Jesus movement. And he was hoping that this would happen within their own denominations. But I would have classified it as the stirrings of a revival. Now it died out. Going to Ashbury, what could be happening? Well, let's, let's throw out a few options. Let me get real pessimistic. What could be happening is charismania. What could be happening is absolutely nothing. So we're, we're calling this a revival because, so if, if you look back at it, they had a Ashbury College, a small Christian college, had a a chapel, their their weekly chapel. And in their weekly chapel, everything went normal as normal. And then this guy got up and shared his testimony, started confessing sin. And somebody else got up, started confessing sin. This is this is as I understand it, which is warped through social media and news. I was there, I can't say for sure, which is my hesitation with it all. But as I understand it, there was this confession of sin started happening. And it kind of started snowballing. And from the confession of sin, the worship team started playing again. They kept worshiping. And this just kept going. And when I say kept going, it's now like 250 hours. Hasn't stopped. At all. Has kept going. New people have come up. Confession of sin. Continued worship service. You watch the video. They're worshiping God. You know, I, early on, I'm like, yeah, welcome to Sunday morning at Calvary 316. What are we talking about? <laughs> um, I mean, really, like, like there's there's part of it where it's like, again, I think Ashbury is a Methodist denomination, a Methodist university. I, I think that there's an element where you have a lot of a mainline, and there might be a stirring of the spirit, a reviving of what was dead, where like us non-denominationals are, are like, yeah, we've been doing this for a while. Welcome. Um this is Sunday morning for us, but you're experiencing this for the first time, the moving of the spirit, the outpouring of the spirit. That's great. Well, well two like one day turned into another day, turned into another day. And it's 24 hours at a time. And now you've got people flying in from all over the world. They, they have satellites can't like 
places, locations. There's lines outside of the, the building. Like, it's become this thing. And now you have some trickle over where other college campuses are now having the same type of things happening. At, at worst, it's charismania. It is social media driven. It's, it's, we'll um, see it burn out. Which I, Real quick. Yeah. Can you, can you define charismania? Cause I recognize that portmanteau, but I don't think everyone will. Okay. So as a Calvary chapel, I, I would consider us charismatic, meaning we believe in the gifts of the Holy spirit. We believe in the moving of the Holy spirit. We believe in the manifestation of the gifts of the spirit as they were in the first century church to today that, that we are not sensationalists. We're charismatic. Now, that doesn't mean that it's disorderly. There's order to it, but we're charismatic. Now, there is charismatic in a biblical-rooted context that can very quickly transition to what's called charismania, which most, like, what you'd call Pentecostal churches exist in charismania. And it's it's emotional-driven. It's It often leaks into groupthink. It becomes addictive. It's would emotional you, driven. Would you say that it, it often um, deviates from logical consistency on a well? On it does a it deviate? Well, you know, you know, it deviates from logical consistency because it very quickly deviates from biblical authority. Right. For example, the gifts, the gifts of tongues. Um, the Bible's clear. The, the gifts of tongues is a love language between the believer and God, which po- was why Paul says it's the least of all of the gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, if it is included as a gift in the assembly of the believers for the edification of the body has to be accompanied by the gift of interpretation. If the gift of interpretation doesn't exist, then it's doesn't edify the body. It leads to confusion. It shouldn't happen, but the Bible's clear on how it should work. But we, but we abandon biblical uh, bumpers to the manifestation of the gifts. And we get into, we get from charismatic biblical charismatic to charismania and then that ends up yielding this reaction to dead orthodoxy, where we just like abandon the gifts of the Holy Spirit altogether because they're weird. We don't understand them. They're not tethered to reality. And they seem to be emotionalism. It doesn't seem to be charismania is happening yet, but there does seem to be an emotional driven nature to it. Why? Because there doesn't seem to be any accompaniment, and this is my biggest fear of it, of the teaching of God's word. You go back to Calvary Chapel. Like, what's crazy about what happened with Calvary Chapel is you had an, an awakening where you had thousands of hippies coming to the Lord. There was the gifts of the Spirit. There was charisma. But what was it accompanied by? Pastor Chuck's return to authoritative teaching of God's Word. And if you go back throughout Scripture, every awakening, and I would even say every uh, revival, is always there is a movement of God's Spirit, unequivocally. There's not a rational explanation apart from the movement of God. But it's always driven by a return to the expositional teaching of, of the scriptures. There's a movement of God's spirit and a movement of God's word. We worship God in spirit and truth. Mm-hmm. If you worship God with spirit and not truth, you have a problem. If you worship God with truth but not spirit, you're dead. The spirit would direct us to his word. Like whatever what is going on, it would direct us to the wholeness and sufficiency yes. of his word. Now, to be fair, Ashbury College has said they have not allowed anyone to commentate the pulpit. They have not allowed a face to emerge to like try to be like the face of it, which is a good move, which is great. But there's not any like at some point, like again, you go back to the Jesus movement. There was this organic thing; it was happening, but it was still rooted in a ch- in church. 
Ashbury College is it's a college. There's no church. Now, proof could be in the pudding. We could see something happen. And if this is revival, may it come to our church. Yeah, amen. And may it spread across the nation. Because guess what? The church should be revived to its mission and its calling. And I will say that the conditions of the Jesus movement culturally, we find very similar today in our culture. Mm-hmm. I think that there is an equivalency to that. Yeah. And I think that it's our nation prime for revival. It's either revival or the rapture of the church. And I, I think I see that, and that's where with Asbury College, it's a lot of young kids. Yes, and and which I, can be which can be dangerous too. Right, and, and it can be dangerous, and so that I guess that's where my my whole thought process over the last couple of weeks has been is like, what is this? Everybody's calling it a revival, but I'm not seeing that order and that that teaching of God's word, and 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 in my opinion, my my experience with revivals has been the Baptist church down the road saying they're holding a, a tent revival. And, and, and it's did I ever just, tell you when I did a, when I was invited by an old denominational church to do a revival? No. And, oh, I and forgot that, about that. And that's always bring been, that back up. And that's huh? been almost one of the biggest confusing things to me has been the tent revival for a church that has every, the, the average age of a person in their church is 80 years old. So, so here's, and but, so, but, th- but this is, but this is where I think, and it's not semantics. Church revivals, they got they got off the rails when the revival was geared towards unbelievers. Right. We're not trying to revive an unbeliever. Right. He's dead. Right. We need to awaken him from death to life. Right. Revival should happen with with Christians that are lethargic, that have gotten distracted, that are off, misguided. Even then, and, and this is where, you know, Ashbury College, and we all had the same reaction where they were like, we don't want there to be a face of it, right? Mm-hmm. Great. The problem is, historically, there's always a face to it. Why? Because there's always somebody that's like anchored and rooted that gives direction to it. Anchored whether it's, and rooted in something. Whether it's John and Charles Wesley to Spurgeon to Moody to Edwards, like you just go down the list to Pastor Chuck. I think that's what was crazy about, about what happened with Calvary Chapel is like you had this incredible movement of the spirit and you had tons of hippies. Lonnie Frisbee was a hippie and he was a big catalyst to it. Very flawed person. And you'll learn that in the movie. If you study him or you Google him, you'll find that out. But what added, what, what was necessary? Pastor Chuck had been pastoring for 25 years and he had been denominational. He was 45. I'm, I'm not even 40 yet. Like he, like he had been the most unsuccessful of all pastors you could be. And he's pastoring this, this small little church called Calvary Chapel. And this thing starts happening, but he had, he had, um, a maturity, a biblical knowledge and understanding, but an openness to, to something new. Like pastor Chuck was the perfect person to, to give some guardrails to what was happening. And I think that's what made it very successful. And you go back historically, there's always that. Back from Luther. Right. You and know, then, you go back to the the Protestant Reformation. You know, we get we got revival, we get awakenings, we get reformations. Still got you know, again, I'm not super Moses model on all of it, but you do have God does use people. Larry You've been walking with the Lord for a long time. 
you remember the Protestant Reformation. You were yeah, there I, with Luther, Zwingli, <laughs> Calvin. Not, not uh, quite that far, but uh, but I do I do know the the history with Lonnie and and Chuck. Um, the one thing everybody's discussing, the one thing that keeps popping into my head is if it's real, you're going to see it through the fruits, the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit driven. Mm-hmm. Um, you said that God uses people, and and that's exactly how it went down in 1970 with with Chuck and and Lonnie. Um, I think this is a time that's very similar to 70. I'm old enough to remember what the early 70s were like, um, and I'm still with it enough to see what it's like today. So, <laughs> you didn't do enough pot, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, my thought process on all of this is, is um, wait and see, obviously, but uh, um, but I think it could be the real deal, and, and we'll know that by by the fruits of, of the Holy Spirit. It's going to be obvious. I think uh, I agree with you. I think the, the if it's real, there's going to be a face, and, and God's going to, you know, pick that person to um, to be the face of it. Um, but it's uh, I, it's it's either going to be real or or it'll go away or it'll go away and and the and like you said, uh, rev- revival or uh, um, awakening or the rapture. It's um, you know the, the way the world is today. It's going to be it's going to be one of the two. Now I don't see, and, and I think this is important. I don't see any evidence as of now that it's an awakening and the reason being is that again and this is a very limited perspective on it i don't see mass unbelievers coming to to jesus i do see at least on the the peripheral christians being revived in what they believe and the importance of what they believe and 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 if it's just a revival of the people that show up that's great Revival is different than awakening. That's 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 my big takeaway about what's happening. But it's, mm-hmm. to me, it sounds like uh, an awakening is precipitated by a revival. Absolutely, and that's true. This could be a revival. What happens next, no one knows, because both have to be driven by the Holy Spirit. Mm. And, it, and it's too early yet. It's just just going on. Yes, and we don't know. And and the, to be honest, we don't know. We don't what know we don't a lot know. about it. We, we really don't know don't. what we don't know. Again, I'll echo and Derek. I got an amen from you, but you know, if it's revival, may it come to us. Yeah. If it's sure. awakening, may we be a part. Like, well, if the that, Holy Spirit's behind it, man, I'm there. Yeah, and that kind of like just seeing that kind of pop up on my feed for the past like two weeks. You uh, sent me something, started, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I sent it. Well, I posted in our little, little group and whatever because I saw it like probably about the same time that you did, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Just kind of bypassed it, but then I saw it the next week, and I was like. Okay, this, this is, is still here. It's yeah. still going on. And then I looked into it more, but then it just made me like, okay, whether this is real or whether it's not, whether it's a revival or whether it's an awakening, let me pray over my city. Let me pray over our church. Let me pray over the people that I'm talking to, the people that I'm coming in contact with. Like, it didn't really make me think anything more of what's going on there. It's like, okay, well, the Lord can do whatever he wants here too. Let me pray for a revival in our city and whatever's going on here and in our church. So that's just really just kind of sparked that thought in me. It was like, okay, if that is going on there, it can be here too. It can be everywhere. So it just really sparked a little fire in me. Whatever was going on there, it did it Amen. in me. Amen. <laughs> well, and I, and I would add, I would add that like, where does revival begin? 
Dude, it, you, individual. yeah, yeah, exactly. The Every person. single person that you come in contact with, like, well, no, go. but even beyond that, it starts in your own heart. Yeah, revival, revival is contagion. It starts in a person, yeah. and then it starts to move. Again, it's it's a moving of the. That's why we call it a moving of the spirit. And, and I think that's where I have a hard time with is because you know, being in youth group, you go to the things like. The acquire the fire thing, whereas all disciple it was, now it was right. all emotional, emotional driven, driven, and I'm not an emotionally driven person. Nor am I. I I need facts. I need to know what what where's the evidence for this, and and, and things like this is kind of confusing to me because I yeah I would go to that I would say what's going on here I'd be doing the same thing sitting in the back uh, analyzing what's going on. And, and what should I do? Should I be doing that? Should I, as a Christian, be analyzing this and, and critiquing it? Or should I be helping it? You, you know what I mean? Mm. So I've got, I think I have an answer to that. Because I've been in youth ministry in one way or another for like nearly 20 years now. Um, oh my goodness. Actually 20 years now. You're old. Um, yeah, yeah, sure I am. Um, hey! So, <laughs> so like, I think it is, I think it is important to, um, to ask questions like that because like, like I said, I was, I was watching videos about this today. Um, and I will reiterate what Zach said. Everything that I've seen is coming from social media. And so I'm seeing, you know, 30 second snippets from something that's 200 hours long or something. Right. So I'm really skeptical about the TikToks. I am, yeah. I am yeah. making, I'm making some inferences um, from what I've seen, and then I'm, you know, I'm saying, ah, this is happening now. It's probably happening in large, you know, whatever. So I'm guessing a lot, but I haven't seen any teaching at the at the revival, yeah. which I think is problematic. Seems because like a two week long. There's been none, service. right? Because yeah, what happens? What, what happens? Even if even if it started and wasn't emotionally driven, you are going to have people who are going to go in and have an emotional response. And they're going to come out with no actual answers to anything. And those questions will come. Whether it is, Jesus forgives me, Jesus forgives everyone, but how can he forgive the person that did X to me? That's a question that has to be answered. Um, I think that there are, there is a lot, like from my own experience, we do a youth conference every year after, um, every, every summer at the church. And afterwards, it's always a conversation between the counselors and the kids, as they are working through all of the emotions and the stuff they've learned. Um, and without those conversations, the rest of the conference is useless. Mm. And so I'm worried that those kind of conversations are not happening at Asbury. Um, and I think the only way to, to come to that conclusion and to rectify it is to ask these questions. So, yes, I think it is a right. good question. And that, to that's ask. kind of my worry, just because we all know Bible college kids mm. that, like, yeah, that, that, that. I, yeah, I, I hate saying yeah. it. I hate saying it. I hate saying it like that. But yeah. Bible college kids tend tend to get on these emotional trains, mm-hmm. and and then they just fizzle out real yeah. quick. And, and and so how 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 do I as a non emotional person who didn't go to Bible college, how do I encourage this if it is a thing? And because uh, I'm not a wait and see kind of person all the time. The, like if there's a real move of the right. spirit, how do I identify that move of the spirit aside from there being teaching? Because uh, there's obviously something going on, and because 
sorry to say this, but you can't sing worship songs for 250 hours straight. I don't uh, know. Chris Solomon can. He can sing the same song for like 45 minutes. I mean, I'd be out in two hours. Right. Right. Like, I, I agree. I don't. I would make it maybe two hours, and then I would be like, all right, well, I could use a hamburger or whatever. Right. This was fun. Here's my phone number. Like, Call me if you guys are going to do this again you next week. You wouldn't even give your yeah. phone number. I wouldn't actually talk to anybody. Let's be real. Right. But same I would go and enjoy it. Tomorrow? Right. Yeah. Right, yeah. And, 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 you know, having, having been in various congregations and, and things around the world, you, you meet with other believers, you worship God, you hear teaching, and, 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 and there's something that does come about it from that where does that leave me now with something that's happening in Kentucky that's a good question so Nick you kind of were like man I don't know what to add to this again we started earlier like have you heard anything about it and it was very little but you have you tend to like I don't know you end up with a good perspective I think kind of from that real world like hey man I'm I'm out on a job site all day (laughs) I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm working for a living. Like I'm not on social media. I'm just a dude. And it's like, I think that gives a good vantage point. What's your thoughts? My thoughts on it. I mean, there's not a lot of thought that's going like, I'm glad it's happening. I mean, I hope it's real. Like, right. And so the only thing is that I, I hope it's real. I hope it stays. I hope it comes here. Like we all said. And the only thing I think that we can do is pray for it, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can sit there and try to analyze it as much as you can and try to seek the answer, but how many times does God not give you the answer when you want it all yeah. the time? So yeah, stop, stop trying to search for an answer and just pray for it and hope that it's the right thing. And if it's not, then maybe we can learn something from it, you know, seeing what it is. Because right. if it comes here, maybe we can be the believers to be like, you know what, this Already was here. It's, the, it's not coming from the right place, or you know what? This is the right thing. It is coming from the right place. So we're introducing a new segment here. We're final thoughts. That's the idea. <laughs> final thoughts. Yeah, final yeah. thoughts. Nick just shared. Now we're going to go to Derek, Deal Daddy. Final thoughts. And like I said, I kind of tried to tune in during the week, but it seemed like everything that popped up on social media or even the videos I tried to search out were the same things. Like it was just people worshiping and worshiping all day. And they talked about people coming over from all over the place. But at the end of the day, it did seem kind of just like a two to three week worship session. And like with you bringing that up too, there does need to be the spirit needs to reflect back to the word of God. And it's not a movement if it isn't, but yeah, we should, like Nick said, we should pray that if if this isn't a real thing, that it would become a real thing and that we would learn something from it and that the Lord would work through this. And like I said, like it, it inspired in me seeing that. I'm like, well, that's super cool. It just made me, like, while I'm driving through the city, just pray over the city, pray over the street that I'm going through. Every single person that I saw, like, if a huge proclivity to notice every single person that passes me, and I understand that they're a soul and they're a person, yeah. and it just praying for everybody and like uh, that's why should we not do that every single day final thoughts spice daddy i guess if god can use a dude that just got thrown up by a fish to <laughs> and proclaim that they're the city's going to be destroyed in, in like 40 days 40 days and cause a great awakening then why can't a bunch of college kids yeah. in Amen. kentucky do the same thing yeah. yeah or a group of misfits and winder right Larry, final thoughts. Well, it, it uh, 
it appears to be very similar to, to what happened in 70. Um, the news reports may, uh, may be driving it that way. I think it's interesting that that movie is coming out yeah. uh, at, yeah. the, at the same time. Um, and yeah, it would I, be I, weird. It would be weird if the news reports are driving it. That's also weird. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I know? mean, that's not the, I mean, that's not the type of news that jokes on you CNN. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, if it's um, if it's not real, if it's not the Holy Spirit right now, then um, who's to to say that you know God's not gonna step in and take it over and yeah. make it real? Um, and I and I would much rather see that than see it fizzle out and and be something that uh, ends up being social media driven. Yeah, you know I'll I'll, I'll add that. There's a component to it. So, Justin, you and I were talking about the rise and fall of Mars Hill and the, the podcast of that. And, I mean, Seattle's just a dead area. You know, it's just, you know, this is the last place you would think to start a church, and Mark Driscoll did. And and it, and it there was an incredible revival. There was a thing that happened. There's no doubt. Maybe we, what happened to it is a whole other, another story, but no one can debate that something happened, Right. And um, and now we kind of look back on it. Now that everything's happened and it's gone, and it's so easy to like dismiss it all, you know, and 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 excuse it away, and you know, make fun of it or whatever, you know, be condescending, pessimistic. But for the people that were involved with it, now there there are some people that are very jaded by it. But you also have to take a step back and like it impacted so many lives still. And like, like, okay, this thing happening in Ashbury, like, you know, four or five months from now, it might be gone, dead, whatever. And we can look back like, oh, well, that was sensational. That was a joke, whatever. But how many lives have to be genuinely affected by it for us to say that God moved? You know, people will make fun of Billy Graham crusades of like, well, like 80% of the people you know, are, are like, they're gone within, you know, a year. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 20% are in heaven. You know what I mean? Like, like, okay. Yeah. The vast majority of something might end up being a fraud, but if like, how much of a percentage do you need to have to be like, yeah, totally worth it. Or like legit movement of God. I mean, I mean, the Bible tells us that God leaves the 99 to go find the one. Right. So the answer would be one. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So that, that's where I think we should, you know, and, and Justin, I, I really sympathize. Derek, you know, we've all been, we've all grown up in church and there's a, and we all kind of are cut from the same, like, I'm not a, like in Bible college during the afterglows, I, I'm not the charismatic guy. I'm the guy sitting there with my, with the Psalms open reading, you know, mm-hmm. moved by God, touched by God, but I'm not, I'm not an emotional person. I'm not singing gay love songs to Jesus. That's not, that's not me. Like I'm not. I don't. I don't hit on that plane. I'm not knocking. I, I know I just knock some people. But. Right. You're, you can't say you're not knocking at this point. Okay. I am knocking a few things, but like generally speaking, I'm just. That's not. I, I'm more of the truth than the spirit versus spirit and truth. Um. But in these moments, like I really do need to make sure I'm not pessimistic, pessimistic enough to miss the moment, you know. Because if God is moving, I want to. I want to be swept up in it. And that, that was my, Amen. that's basically the ultimate 
goal of that question yeah. is what is a revival? Am I going to miss something that just because my lack of emotionalism towards this? Mm. Uh, and okay, I okay. Have let to me let, analyze okay. everything. Let me answer that. I don't need revival. Right. I don't think you need revival. I don't think anybody in this room needs revival. I think we all love Jesus. We're all filled with the Spirit. We're all we're all serious about our, our relationship with Jesus. I don't need revived for the lost. I have a heart for the lost. I don't need to be revived. What I do want to be a part of is an awakening. Yeah. I want to be used by God for an awakening. Sure. And if this is a tide, I want to be part of the I want to be on one of the boats that gets left for an awakening. Yes. Do I pray for revival? Sure. But what I also pray what I pray for more than revival is I pray for an awakening in our culture. Mm. Yeah. It's either that or rapture, right, Larry? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know? I pray for both. I pray for both. I but you know I pray for both, but I do pray I do pray for an awakening before rapture. I would like to be part of an awakening before the rapture because of how many people need need Jesus. Because I know what comes next. I know what comes after that, you know? Well, I think the thing with this thing is it's I think what sets this thing apart aside from the, the, the Jesus movement is the enclave of social media and, and media itself is so geared towards it. So, I mean, it's more visible, it seems like. Everything is more visible in this world. That's what's interesting. Now, final thoughts. Creighton, we got we to gotta include uh, Pope Vaughn the first. Yeah, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually, I want to address people who are at the revival, people who are running the revival, and people who have, Family and friends of the revival. And whoever final thoughts online. Yes. Uh, I don't have any final thoughts online. I only, only my own. If you're a part of this, if you uh, have friends who are part of this, if you have kids at the college, whatever, get into the word. Whether you use uh, a podcast like getfedtoday.com um, or, or if you just go to an actual Bible teaching church, get in the word. Do it while you're still riding the emotional high. Because whether or not this revival is, is, is started by emotion or not, you will be feeling emotions. Get into the word before that dies. Because once it dies, it will be much harder for you to change your life. Mm, amen. Yeah, amen. So yeah, those are my final thoughts. Hey, you can be, you can be on a boat and the wind kicks up. But if your sails aren't up, it ain't going to do nothing. Well, you, well, even then, you can throw your sails up and have a blast. But at some point, you're going to need an anchor. <laughs> also true. And that's where the Bible comes in. It's like, hey, you can you can hoist your sails and catch the wind and ride. But at some point, if you don't have an anchor, you're, you're going to trouble. crash into the rocks and be destroyed. Like, you've got to have that anchor. So, yes. So, for sure. So, well, guys, thank you so much uh, tonight. I know we've gone a little long, but I think it was worth it. Uh, thanks for being with me. Appreciate it. Larry, thanks for being, filling in. My pleasure. Absolutely. Well, you've been uh, watching the Outlaw Radio Show, brought to you by GetFedToday.com. One podcast, five studies for the week to enhance your study of God's Word. Once again, Get Fed Today, available podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify. <laughs> I did good, Craig, right? Yeah, you did. That was good. All right. So, uh, again, Outlaw Radio, if you're watching online... Uh, outlawradio.live or, or on Facebook. So many websites, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to follow. Uh, if you're watching, check out the podcast. Thursdays release, Apple, Google, Spotify. If you're listening, check out the live stream, 8 o'clock Wednesday nights. Once again, my name is Zach. I'm so glad that you joined me and these knuckleheads. Hope to see you next week. God bless.
Buenas noches.